<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Oh, hi. If you like this show, will you leave a review for it wherever you listen to podcasts? You don't even have to write anything. Just some stars will do. It's one of the most effective ways to spread the word about us and one of the most meaningful ways to show your support for what we do. We are so grateful. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from and want to support us in general, head to a thing or two hq.com and sign up for Secret Menu, which will be weekly access to members-only content. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two hq. Hi. Hi. What a delight this episode is. I just, we're using paper script, so I have to, move, I have to get to the right point in the script. I, like I watched forgot. your brain process that you were on the wrong page. Yep. This is just learning a new technology. It's um, paper and, and the corners flip if you grab one. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. I think yeah. I can get the hang of this. Yeah. yeah it's a two finger mm -hmm. kind of method. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. All right. We have two terms that we came upon recently that we thought- Well, like you originated this first one. Yeah, in my by mind. accident. I'd like to offer- our listeners, the use of this term. For free. For free. No TM or R, <laughs> yeah, no. like, yeah, nothing required. This is open source, yeah. in fact. <laughs> Creative Commons license, go. I was explaining to you some bad thinking that I had done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I described it as tantrum logic. Yes. And so basically what happened is we got an annoying piece of work news mm -hmm. and we both were like, oh, this is like such an obnoxious thing and a problem we don't want to solve right now. And I just don't want to deal with this. And so your take was I was like, let's just stop doing all of it. Let's, let's just, just throw away the down. entire project. Let's burn it all down. If I can't do this one thing in a, the way that I want to do it, I don't want to do any of it. And that seemed to really make sense to me at the time in, a, in an almost for like a day. Way. Yeah, I would say even 48 hours. It felt deep in my spirit like this is the right thing to do is to get rid of all of it. I can't let that other thing. I can't let that thing win. Yeah, I can't let that thing win. And like maybe this is a signal that like I shouldn't do any of it. Right, right, right. It, the, the like mm -hmm. it is the world telling me. Yeah, that the world telling me just walk away. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Which I think is tantrum logic. I think that's right. It's like yeah. if I can't have this gummy snack, yeah. then I'm not eating. Then I'm not anything for the rest for of the dinner way. at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, certainly that's my how toddler. it happens at your house. Yeah, that is exactly right. I mean, that is my go-to form of tantrum logic. I unfortunately was able to reflect and think about 
many arguments I've gotten in in which I have resorted to that. But I was wondering, are there other forms of tantrum logic that other people have? Okay, so I... I don't know if these apply. And since you're the expert, you're going to have to like. Mm. I don't yeah. even want it. I don't want to position myself as the expert. You I am are, merely, though. You are de facto expert. I am merely the person who. You're um, the messenger. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. OK. So two examples that I would like to, for you to help me mm-hmm. interpret. Mm-hmm. Would you be an interpreter? Yeah. I, yes. Yeah. I can be an interpreter. Yeah. The sense of if I can't clean at all, I'm not going to clean anything. Mm. Well, what I would say is that that is tantrum logic, but it is the same type of tantrum logic. Yeah, it's that yeah, yeah, if yeah, I yeah, can't yeah. do it the one way I want, then I'm not going to do it at all. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's the same category. It's the same category. And maybe there is only one category of tantrum logic because I, I would say most tantrums do follow the same lack of logic. Which is just throwing yourself on the ground and kicking your feet pretty yeah, much. Um, yeah. Okay. So my other example, and I don't think this falls into the same category, I just don't know if it counts, is it's a little bit of the like death by tiny paper cuts thing, but mm. where it's like one annoying thing happens and then another annoying thing happens and then the third annoying thing happens and then I find myself yelling at the robot vacuum. Oh, interesting. And like yelling okay, at the robot yeah. vacuum as though it, it is to blame yeah. for not only what it's doing wrong right now, yeah. but for the previous four things that happened and uh-huh. yelling at the robot vacuum as though it might change its behavior or like have some mm. ability to solve this problem. Like okay. it is a more adult leaning type of tantrum, <laughs> blaming yeah. the closest thing for everything that has gone wrong and taking it out on them. So it's almost like somehow more evolved than tantrum logic. But I do also I would it's like, like kindergarten logic. Yeah, <laughs> it's elevated. It's elevated tantrum logic. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's useful to have a term for these things. A hundred percent. Well, the other term yeah. that we heard recently mm-hmm. was courtesy of our management coach, mm-hmm. frequent cameo <laughs> on this podcast, yes. Ben Michaelis. Mm-hmm who we were just describing the sort of like agita of having to go into certain meetings that you know you have to go to and knowing maybe like nothing fruitful is going to come out of this thing. Well, in fact, this brings us back to something we discussed years ago and was equally as valuable as a term Uh, is the general. The general. God bless Mindy Kaling for giving us this term of just a meeting where you're like, I'm not sure what the point of this is. I just know that we're meant to have it. And Mm -hmm. that maybe, who knows, in seven years, something will have come of this. In Hollywood, it's accepted just as much as the equally ludicrous term rolling calls is accepted. (laughs) But while rolling calls does not often come to play in my life, the general does. The general does. And we were complaining about how much time we'd been spending in generals. And our management coach offered us the gift of the term serendipity tax. Well, first he said, that's something you're going to have to work through. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of reminds me a little bit of when we first started Avocati. I think about this often. And I was telling my mom something. I was like, tell her how my day had gone. And I was like, we took like three meetings today. And she goes, you didn't take a meeting. (laughs) You had a meeting. She's like, bitch, sit down. You didn't take a meeting. You're 26. You're launching a business that you haven't even launched yet. You didn't take anything. <laughs> you were given a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> it was handed to you. Exactly. Shut the fuck up. I do believe that our management coach had a similar reaction. <laughs> like, yeah, cool. But he did offer us as a consolation prize of sorts yeah. this term serendipity tax that was really useful. And the idea behind serendipity tax, meaning there's all this time and effort you're putting in it feels like it's going God knows where yeah. for this like magical moment to happen where yes. there might be a connection made or someone being like, oh, right. I get it. Or I know a person or like I could help with that thing or whatever. It immediately made me think of dating apps. Yes. Or just dating, not even dating apps, dating period. Yeah. Where it's like 
you're looking for serendipity. You're looking for that moment. But like you have to kiss a lot of frogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminds me of when our friend Jeremy was using dating apps and he met his now wife and people were like, how did you do it? He's like, I went on 100 first dates. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, not that that's like the way that it works for everybody by any stretch of the imagination. But he was like, that was it. I like dated a shit ton of people. It Mm -hmm. wasn't like... It wasn't the situation where that I have also heard of like, it was my first date on a dating app mm-hmm. at all. It is a really useful term because it just reminds you that sure, serendipity exists. Only when you work for it. <laughs> <laughs> but like wasting time is part of getting things done. And also, what is time? What is time? What is time? I also asked you yesterday, what is the opposite of serendipity tax? Because like there were, <laughs> I was talking about something that we were absolutely not going to do because we have learned our lesson too many times and now we know better. What's like, what's the rebate? Torture rebate. Yeah. A torture yeah. rebate. You've been yeah. through the torture. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. this is your torture rebate is you do not have to spend the time doing this thing. Useful. Yeah. It's good. Thank you to the Georgia Tech Scheller College of Business for sponsoring today's episode. I don't know if I don't know if it's the age or it's the time of year or the what, but I feel like I know more people going back to school now than I have in recent memory. Or maybe it's just like post-pandemic and people being mm. like, okay, like I that now's the time, ready for a switch, want to do this, um, and feel like they can. And it's really exciting and inspiring to be 40 and to have friends going through these big life changes and taking on new stuff. God, I absolutely love it. I really do. I do think people tend to feel like I'm too old to make a switch, but they think it's okay for everybody else to do it or like I'm too late in life or progress to my career, but you can. And through a business education at Scheller, women will gain infinite opportunities to grow and transform both personally and professionally while learning from the brightest minds at the intersection of business and technology. Scheller offers full-time evening and executive MBA programs that are consistently ranked top 20 in the nation. Scheller is located in the heart of Atlanta's Tech Square, an area with the highest density of startups, corporate innovators, and researchers in the southeastern U.S. Scheller's MBA career services are ranked top five in the world, five years running. In fact, their class of 2022 graduates had a 100% employment rate. Women are leaders in the Scheller community and have many opportunities to build their leadership skills through student-led clubs, committees, events, and leadership development programs. Scheller offers many scholarships for women, making an investment in you and your MBA accessible. Visit gtmbawomen.com to learn more about Scheller's MBA programs. Thank you so much to Hero Bread for sponsoring today's episode. I have been using Hero Bread to make Cam's lunches, Mm. not even like, you know, because he is a carb monster, but he is because all toddlers are. But I have to say, like, it is ultra low net carbs. That is great. I'm just excited he's getting some protein and fiber because the child, like, really does not eat that stuff. You know, likes peanut butter. I guess I, I'll give him that. Give him the credit. Give him give him that point, Claire. It, <laughs> it feels a little, like, early aught sneaky mom, like, putting avocado into your brownies. Like, I'm putting some fiber and some protein into your sandwich at lunch. The other thing I need to tell you about this bread, it is so soft and fluffy in the way that none of the bread I was allowed to have as a child ever was, especially after you put it in the refrigerator, but it maintains the the fluffiness once it's in the fridge. Like I don't have to toast it every time to make his sandwich in the way that I do with other healthy breads. This is this is a 
very strong sell. I like this sell. Hero Bread remade carby, empty calorie products into fluffy, delicious versions that include ultra low net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories versus the traditional conventional version. They have the added benefits of protein and fiber. There's a seeded bread. There's a really fluffy white bread. There are hot dog buns. There are burger buns. There's croissants. There's tortillas that like are those big fluffy flour tortillas to make a burrito. We had them for taco night the other night. Also, by the way, very soft. Like don't do that thing where they break once they've yes. been refrigerated. You don't have yes, to them you can them still either. roll them. You can yes. roll them. Oh my gosh. Yes. Exclusively for a thing or two listeners, Hero Bread is offering a special 10% off your first order with the code a thing or two at hero.co. Again, the code is a thing or two for 10% off your first order at Hero Bread at hero.co. Be sure to check out the podcast description for more information. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey Kreppel, full-time YouTuber, part-time preschool teacher, and now the host of the podcast Circle Time. Join me every week as me and my guests mix the childlike wonder and conversational openness and acceptance of preschool that we're all nostalgic for with the realism, honesty, and wisdom baked into adulthood. With classroom-structured roots, we'll rehash standout moments of day-to-day life, dive into buzzy pop culture moments, and really just get to know each other on a deeper level. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Kelsey Kreppel and follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Time. Can we talk about food? Please. We have a lot of thoughts about food lately. We have some which food updates. I feel like for most of the time, we're like, nope, just been cooking the same thing. Just been eating my weird lunch. I mean, Is it I, even honestly, a lunch? Mostly, I mostly have been cooking the same thing. You have a lot of new recipes to share. I think mostly we haven't talked about this in a while. Mm, that's true. Can we start with a cookbook? Yeah, this great cookbook. We both immediately knew that this cookbook was for us when it came out. So Food 52 came out with this cookbook, Simply Genius, that is a compendium of all their genius Would you recipes. say it's Simply Genius? It is yeah. Simply Genius. Yeah, you would say. They have this column. It is so good. It's called Genius Recipes, mm-hmm. I believe. And it's Kristen <laughs> Migliori. Yes, it's Kristen Migliori. And I don't know the best way to describe the Genius Recipes other than that, one, they're just certifiable bangers. And two, I feel like almost all of them teach you something kind of clever. They all kind of fall into that category of small victories, yeah. the like Julia Tertian mm-hmm. small victories mm-hmm. category and that yeah. cookbook, which we talk about yes. all the time. There's also a genius desserts cookbook that is excellent that I got my sister-in-law and she has been like into the idea of being a baker and this oh, is like, this yeah. is her way in. Yeah. So that's what, okay. So I do think the thing about genius recipes, they're all either iconic or clever or both. And I think they're really good for people who want to learn a thing or two. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like, obviously, both of you, you and I have cooked for a while, but I feel like they're all recipes where you sort of walk away with something and they teach you. Well, I kind of want a new trick here and there. I'm a little bored of my all of my old tricks. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember who we had on the show. It might have been Tamar Adler who was talking about just like learning to cook by cooking. Yeah. You know, and the recipes that teach you the basics of cooking, which is obviously the most effective way to learn to cook. Yes. And and the genius recipes all feel that way to me. So they have a cookbook of it, of all these genius recipes now, which is genius in and of itself. I am obsessed with the five-minute tomato sauce with lemon zest from Heidi Swanson. It is so stupidly simple, but I have to say it reminded me and sort of just taught me that putting lemon zest in anything tomato-based is a beautiful thing. Well, and it's a nice alt to the other things that are typically put into tomato sauces. True. Like it's like brighter and more summery yes. and like fresher. And it's, it isn't that like garlic, onion, red pepper, anchovy, anchovy, like yeah. paper, whatever. It's not that family. It's not that like, yeah. It is so bright. It it's is so, bright. so delightful. And I feel like it bright, it, it does something to even pretty mediocre tomatoes. And it was 
also reminded me that tomato sauce actually only takes five minutes, which is a beautiful thing. That is a beautiful thing. Lemon zest with tomatoes needs to be the new anchovy in tomatoes is what I is what I'm I think saying. That's, like, I think let's that's make good, that happen. I do. Here's I do think that citrus season this year has been the biggest citrus season we've seen in a while. You know what I mean? Tell me more. Well, I just feel like the way that people were posting about tinned fish a couple years ago, they're posting about Suma oranges now. Oh, interesting. And like winter lemons and and oh the no, Mark Bittman by right by Box. Yeah, and okay. I could see this. I've seen more people order Ohi Pixies. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing, you know, like I'm ve- I have a very uh, a real eye for this. Yeah, yeah, no, you um, have a big pixie radar. Yeah. But I think I think we're about to have a big citrus revolution. Oh I hope God, so. I love this. I hope so. 2020, winter of 2021, 2020 to 2021 was my year of the citrus because it was the only thing that got me through that awful pandemic winter was really good citrus. Yes, because it yeah. felt bright and sunny yes. and promising in a way that nothing in the world did. I was willing to pay like seven bucks for a car, car orange <laughs> that winter. Like. I no price was too high for me. Okay. I'm ready for Citrus to take the throne of the anchovy. Can we can we detour for a minute? This yeah. has nothing to do with genius recipes, but I do want to come back. Can we talk about jarred tomato, tomato sauces? I'm interested for what you have to say because I don't like any of them. That is what I came here to say. So I want to start by saying it truly does only take five minutes to make a decent tomato sauce from scratch. Like Totally. So, but sometimes people don't even want to deal with that and opening a jar. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. And that is how I feel. Yeah. Every once in a while, I do just want to truly only boil pasta and do nothing else. Yeah. And so I would say every 2.5 years, I buy a jar of tomato sauce. And with and I feel very optimistic and I feel like this could change things. And you're like, it must have evolved by now. It must have gotten better. Yeah. And it's like I read a Danny Meyer tweet about how Rayo's is so iconic. And then I'm like, Carbone comes out with a new mm-hmm, one. And mm-hmm, I'm just like, oh, well, mm-hmm, somebody's mm-hmm, got to mm-hmm. figure it out. Mm-hmm. They all suck. They're all so bad. Claire, I wholeheartedly agree. We always have Newman's own in my refrigerator. Interesting. Why? That's Thomas's preference. Because it's bad. Claire, I'm, <laughs> I don't eat it. Yeah. So this is what Thomas makes when I'm out to dinner. Like, oh, and to make it more depressing, he yeah. often eats it straight from the pot. We were also sent some recently from like one of these fancy pantry bands that was like the cool new, like had somebody fancy behind it and was really slick packaging. And it was it like a like and sweet exactly shirt. like canned it tomato sauce. Actually, possibly worse than Prego. It was so bad. Yeah. And I was just like, what is so hard about this? I don't know if it's like a citric acid or something. I think put it's a citric acid. Preserve it, it. Some combination of sour. Too much garlic, too much oregano, or pepper. Or sometimes too sweet. Sometimes some of them will go too I sweet. I wish some of them were too I know, but that's like the honest. Prego problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. They're all so The bad. old school problem was too sweet. And so then they overcorrected and went too sour. Well, I did it last night. I was like, I don't want to create more dishes. I just want something so easy. I tried one. It was not good. I did, however, do something, which is that I added fancy olive oil to it. And that really kicked it up a notch. It, it recovered some of the depressing nature of it. Why did it never occur to me that, of course, you could doctor this? Well, so, and then when I also, God, this is depressing this morning, had nothing for breakfast, just needed to eat something before our lunch meeting, so I didn't go in absolutely starving, reheated some of the day-old I added red chili pepper flakes, and I was like, that helped too. Next time you do this, Mm -hmm. something I did for lunch Mm -hmm. this week with leftover tomato sauce was made eggs in purgatory for lunch. Eggs in purgatory makes yeah. a difference. What I did was put leftover tomato sauce in a pan, threw in some stray olives in the mm, in the fridge and some help. olive oil, that'll and then help. you know created my little wells, cracked my eggs in, and okay. that was a delicious lunch. 
Okay. It felt like, ooh, was it we made tomato lunch. sauce? No, it okay. was, yeah. but it was not the best tomato sauce I've ever made. Okay. This is the thing. Sometimes you do, you're like, I'm just going to make a quick, easy, sh- yeah. like chic tomato sauce. <laughs> and it's going to take five minutes and I'm going to be very like, of course you just put some anchovies yeah, and yeah, hot yeah, peppers yeah, yeah, and whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it tastes like crap. It always tastes better than the jarred kind. When oh, you for sure. For sure. For sure. Because we all do that where you're like, I'm just going to be so simple and live my And like, I don't need a recipe and I don't need to do anything. And, and I've like, done this a million times. So and how did I fuck it up? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. But it still always tastes better than the jarred stuff. I agree. I agree. I okay. Agree. We can get back to Simply Genius now. Thank you for this detour. I have something else to say, which is that my other favorite genius recipe that is so good, it is also lemon related. Canal House chicken thighs. You don't like chicken. This is less exciting Mm -mm, to you. mm -mm. You, on very low temperature, saute chicken thighs in oil with preserved lemon skin. It is insanely good. And the real trick that, you know, as Julia Tertian will call it, the small victory from this is realizing that slow and low with, chicken that has skin on gives you the crispiest, most delicious, but not fried skin. I mean, I guess it's a form of frying, but it it does incredible things to the skin. Preserved lemon, again, amazing. And caramelizing that is delicious. Well, here's a place I'd like to go for a moment. Mm -hmm. I think preserved lemon might be one of those things that I really love it in my mind. And then I eat it and I'm like, oh, maybe I don't. Really? I think so. How are you using it? Not well, perhaps. (laughs) Like, okay, so this is going to bring me to my next point, which is about this polenta soup. So polenta is one of those things that it always feels so effortful. Even Mm -hmm. the recipes that are like easy, easy, like oven polenta, Mm. whatever. Whenever I do it, I'm like, oh, that was still kind of a pain. And then I eat it and I'm like, I think I just don't love polenta. Okay. But it Mm -hmm. always sounds so good. And I think preserved lemon is the same. I think tahini falls into the same category. Tahini absolutely falls into this category. And I, the it people, sounds delicious. It and is, then I eat it and I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Because it's just ground up sesame seeds. Correct. It is not, no, tahini. It needs lemon zest. It, it, it needs, needs lemon, lemon zest. zest. It needs an acid. These people who are pitching tahini on its own as just being like, buying squeeze bottle tahini has changed my life because I just put it on everything. I'm like, I love tahini as much as the next person if it is mixed with something as an ingredient. As an ingredient, not as a topping on its own. It's not a dressing. No. It's not a dressing. Yeah. But I made this polenta soup from Christopher Kimball, who's the Cook's Illustrated. Love him. That man knows what he's doing. And the genius of this is that you basically, you saute your aromatics or whatever. You Mm -hmm. toss in cornmeal and then you toss in the liquid, this like stock or broth. Okay. You're just cooking cornmeal in soup. So okay. it like takes on a polenta quality. You're getting okay. the like essence of polenta. Yeah. It is none of the work of it. Yeah. And you can doctor it up with all the things you want to doctor it up with. Like hot sauce. Like hot sauce. Mm. Like your like Calabrian chilies or Yum. whatever, whatever. Okay. Like your lem- like whatever. Truly, whatever. That does sound good. It's quite good. I cooked something recently. This is like truly the only new thing I've cooked in the last quarter. Please. I did it for... The holidays, we had a big group coming over and I made this recipe that was super popular during the pandemic because it's basically all pantry ingredients. Excuse me while I flip to the correct, correct page of my script. There okay. you go. The Ali Slegel cheesy white bean tomato bake. It is A, so easy, B, so adaptable. There are truly over a thousand comments on this recipe <laughs> in the New York Times cooking section and it's because everybody 
perfected something they feel is genius with this thing because it's truly just a vessel. It is like pizza. It's just beans with tomato and then cheese on top. Yeah. So it makes an incredible vessel for other things. So I have to say it's just a crowd pleaser. It's tomato and cheese and beans. Like what's not to love? Yeah. It's gluten free. You can make it vegetarian. You can. It's so easy. It sits really well. You can double, triple the recipe and it's not more work. And it just if I'm absolutely making this the next time we have people over. My modifications. Please. Not that anybody asks. People care. I added onions, carrots, celery, kale, some red wine. And then I did mozzarella oh, on red top. red wine. It, it gives a little depth. You're fancy. You know? Yeah, totally. It gives a little depth. You could add ground meat. I think I doubled up on the tomato paste because of the commenters. And I have to say that the small victory from this thing is that you, it actually doesn't call for any crushed tomatoes. It's like just saute the tomato paste because sauteed tomato paste is so delicious because it basically just yeah. becomes sugar. It yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, oh, that I just need to be sauteing tomato paste left and right. All the time. Everything. All the time. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Great idea. Great idea. Great mm-hmm. idea. I made a salad the other night that I needed to tell you about. Mm-hmm. On the other end of the spectrum from preserved lemon and tahini is radicchio, where I'm like, oh, who cares about radicchio? But the answer is it's delicious and I should be eating it all the time. <sighs> this is interesting. I don't like a bitter leaf. I know you don't. But I, I know do like, what was the, what was the name of Escarol? Escarol. Is in the same category. Of close ridiculous. personal friend of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do they, what do they call the salad at, mm, at, at Romans? It's just called an Escarol salad, no, right? No, it's not. There's like a blanket the, term for yeah. these. Do you want me to look it up? Yeah, kind okay. of. Chicories. Yeah, they're both chicories. They're both chicories. They are. So ch- you're sure that, that chicories is the, is the mama category for all. Chicories are greens that are closely related to lettuces but hardier and with a bitter edge. Sounds right. So I think chicories are the answer to some of my questions, basically. Okay, I'm going to read you some such please, as. Please, Belgian endive, check. check. Curly endive, check. Escarole and radicchio. Yeah, I do like all those things. I'm not a huge radicchio fan, but everything else listed here I feel great about. Okay, so something that this recipe did that I think you would want to apply mm-hmm. and that I was like, oh, damn, I think that did work, mm-hmm. was that you soak the radicchio in ice water mm, before like you make you the salad. Exactly, to take okay. some of the bitterness out. Yeah. And I think it did take the bitterness out, okay. I, unfortunately. Okay. Because it's annoying. That's yeah. an annoying thing yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is starting to sound like that Via Carota salad. It's it's a very, it's like it's in that family. Yeah, okay. it asks a lot yeah. and then it delivers and you're mm. like, ah, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish you wouldn't. I like yeah, really yeah, wish yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so the other thing that you do with this salad, you put chopped red onion in the like sherry and balsamic vinegar mm-hmm. that you're going to use mm-hmm. for the dressing, but yeah. then you strain the onion out mm. and you basically just like infuse the vinegar yes. with onion. They are just like, okay, get rid of the onion. I used it for tacos the of next course. day. Like, because I've already done this. But the great thing is in this dressing, you get that like essence of that yeah. red onion flavor without chunks of red onion. Yeah. It has manchego, like shredded manchego cheese in, the dressing. in it. In, well, in the, like the salad. Oh, that's yeah, delicious. Yeah. And this, because it is a chicory, mm-hmm. is hearty enough that it can sit and it was good the next day still. Huge. I can, I, sal- next, next day, day salads salad. are disgusting. Chris will eat a next day salad. I won't do it. Unless I it's a slaw. Love the con- I love the concept of a next day salad. Yeah. I love a slaw. Like mm-hmm. I make a slaw all the time, mm-hmm. but this felt like a nice alt where it yeah. was like somewhere between a salad, yes. like a green yes. salad and yes. a slaw. And I was really grateful for it. I love that. I probably won't. You know, I'm, I don't. It, it, I could see making the dressing. It's the it's the soaking of the lettuce. I don't know if I could do. I have, however, started to make a very low maintenance adjustment to my salad prep. Please, courtesy of 
Alison Roman. Have you heard of her? She was talking about how she doesn't ever tell anybody to mix their salad dressing ahead of time, unless probably certain ones she does. But like olive oil and vinegar, she's like, do not mix it ahead of time. Because what happens is it doesn't emulsify properly, or even if it does, the olive oil masks the vinegar or whatever acid you're using. So then you're tasting your salad and you're like, it's not acidic enough. So you keep adding more and more and more until your salad is drowned. And I was like, Yes, this happens. <laughs> this to me is my life. Yeah, often these soggy salads that you can't eat the next day because no, they're definitely too soggy. Not. She's like, so you just toss your greens in olive oil and coat them, and then you toss them in vinegar uh-huh. and coat them, and then you don't have this issue of the olive oil eating up all of the vinegar or the lemon juice or whatever it is. And I have to say, it has been a total game changer for me. Really? Yes. And and you know, you and I always complain that things are not acidic enough. Always. always. You and I always complain. And. This has really changed things for me. It also is just easier. Yeah, that's a good one. This I have to try this. I think it has it has been a small thing that has made my salads much better. Especially if you're doing just like an olive oil and balsamic salt pepper situation, like a simple salad like yeah. that. Not mixing the dressing ahead of time, you can the acid comes through so much better. Something else in the Genius Recipes yeah. cookbook that I haven't tried but have been itching to is there's an Edna Lewis recipe where basically you use no olive oil. It's just like a vinegar dressing. Mm. And apparently your lettuce doesn't wilt because it's the olive oil that makes it wilt. Well, so that is part of what Alison Roman's saying. She's like, the olive oil is so heavy. It's like- It, it is, weighs it down. It yes, weighs you down. Exactly. I buy that. I need to try it. We're not talking about this enough, We're people. not talking about this enough. Like we've, we're all shaking the shit out of our jam jars trying to get this, the like- vinegar to break through and mix with the olive oil or we're pouring it so slowly and then stirring so quickly something I frankly I mean just I just add to mustard do. to every dressing to help the emulsification I think that that helps yeah I think that ha- I don't always want a mustard in my dressing I like though. always do it it's just easier for me yeah. yeah I understand but I just I hear you I, hear, I really I, feel I like this is breakthrough limited. science yeah. this is breakthrough science and please get back to me if it changes your life in the way that it has changed mine I have one more food thing I want to mm, tell you about tell me I have a new favorite like Cocktail hours, mm. oven fried artichokes. Ooh. Yeah, it's so, a whole artichoke. No, it is the artichokes you buy in a jar. Mm-hmm. They're just the hearts mm-hmm. baked in your oven, and they come out as close to like a Roman fried artichoke mm. as you could possibly get in your. Are home you giving kitchen. them a condiment? A squeeze of lemon mm. and some flaky, you know, salt, of course. Stunen. Yeah, mm. on a cute on a cute plate, what you have with your glass of wine and your crossword. What? Uh. <laughs> The, the lives of the childless. <laughs> like this is truly, this is truly. It really is. It, a it's the New Yorker. Of, it's the New Yorker cartoon of like I'm just gonna follow uh, that yeah, around. This one. Um, I'm just yeah, gonna just follow, follow this one around all day. I'm just gonna do the crossword before dinner. <laughs> yeah, because I'm eating dinner at eight thirty. Uh, because some yeah. people's. <laughs> Spouses don't like to eat before 830 because Mm -hmm. it's too early. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh All right. Okay. So what you do, Mm -hmm. and you could do this anytime. You could do this. (laughs) I don't know. I'm trying to market this for people who have a schedule. Uh Um, I suppose you could do it after dinner. I do know some parents who do like a wine hour after the kids go down. Well, I find that incredibly aspirational. So whenever you're thinking, Mm -hmm. maybe I would like to have a glass of wine soon, Mm -hmm. you turn on your oven. Mm -hmm. The recipe calls for 425. I think 450 will do okay. great. If you can find a jar of artichoke hearts that are in all oil, you just like cut them into quarters. As opposed to like having like some seasonings and stuff. Or as opposed to being like part water, part oil. Oh. Then you just like. My issue is they always have like 
weird seasoning. Oregano or whatever. Yes, oregano. Yeah, yeah. I really don't like oregano, if you can't tell. I can tell. I can tell. Yeah. You kind of can't get around some of that, okay. but the beauty is that you're going to crisp these fuckers up so okay. much that you're barely yeah. going to taste okay. any of that. Okay. So if you can find like nice ones, mm-hmm. which I have once, I was like, wow, these are exceptional. Yeah. They're perfect. If not, you take the whatever ones you can get mm-hmm. and you drain them overnight mm-hmm. in the fridge so that okay. they like, and you leave them uncovered so that they dry out. Okay. Because you don't want them wet. And then are you putting, are you rehydrating them? Yes, with okay. new olive oil. Mm, with good olive oil. Mm-hmm. And then you roast these guys yeah. and they get all crispy mm-hmm. and you cook them longer than you think you should. And, you know, you kind of like, great. yeah, they're a crunchy, delicious snack. That's a snack. party snack. Yeah, we you know, made them we had, when we had people over once and they were a real hit. Yeah, I'm probably not going to do this for cocktail hour, but I do it for a party. Yeah, it's and you could do a bunch of them for a party. because yeah, it's just cute. Yeah, I yeah, like that a yeah. lot. That's a good one. Speaking of cute, can we end on Tiny Spoons? Sure. You sent me an article that Tiny Spoons are finally having their moment. Well, Tiny Spoons are both having their moment Mm -hmm. and being called into question. (gasps) I know. I didn't realize until you sent me this article. I mean, not that I thought we were the first people to praise the Tiny Spoon, but that Nora Ephron had done a beautiful job articulating why Tiny Spoons are so wonderful. Yeah, that like, of course, if you have a little dessert, you want to savor it. You don't want to have like a three bite gelato with a huge, ginormous yeah. spoon. That's not appealing. It's just like a nicer experience. It's more civilized. It's more it just, civilized. I get so disappointed when I'm delivered a huge spoon with my dessert. Or most things, really. I, I get made fun of a lot at my house for eating like a big bowl of soup with a tiny yeah, spoon. Yeah, I do think that's crazy. A yeah. soup you want to, because you want to assemble the perfect bite for soup. You need a big spoon. I think it depends on what kind of soup we're talking about. Okay. Some soups already are just a perfect bite on their own. Okay. They don't need anything yeah, yeah, assembled. Yeah. You like soup more than I do. <laughs> you do. That's true. I really yeah. do like soup. Yeah. This Eater article by Jaya Saxena posits that perhaps the issue that we're having mm-hmm. with big spoons mm-hmm. is that we are using them wrong. <gasps> wow. I didn't expect okay. to encounter this content. Tell me more. Okay. So basically, we perhaps are not meant to be putting the whole thing in our mouth. It's, I, mm, I disagree. I think that part of the joy of the tiny spoon is being able to put the whole thing in your mouth. That's 100%. That is why we've transitioned to a tiny spoon culture. But the big spoon we are using incorrectly. Okay. She says, she quotes this like 1885's etiquette guide, what to do and how to do it by author Lady Constance Howard. Okay. Who what notes, to do and how to do it. Excellent name. One who notes that spoons yeah. are basically only used for eating soup, soft fruit, and dessert, and that etiquette ordains one should use a fork instead of a spoon wherever possible. And that basically when you're like, Eating st- eating soup, you're meant to be slurping it off the side quietly, very quietly. There's I, no such thing as a quiet slurp. No, there's no such thing. Or you're basically using a, like a spoon, the large spoon as a shovel in order to deliver something to your mouth and you're meant to be like eating off the tip of it. This is beyond me. I am not yeah. advanced enough for any of this. I didn't I go to Cotillion. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's just not happening for me. I was just so delighted by this article. It surfaced a bunch of memes about tiny spoons. Yes. The other thing I really liked in this article was that she did a little bit of recon Mm -hmm. about where the tiny, like where the spoon market is these Mm -hmm. days and how we're selling flatware sets. Mm -hmm. And CB2 is selling a three-piece set that comes with a teaspoon and not a dinner spoon, Hmm. which is like a true win for the like vote with your wallet capitalist (laughs) promise. (laughs) Like one of the rare ones, right? Mm -hmm. Where they're like, we said tiny spoons. They are now giving us tiny spoons. Right, right, right. I think... My issue is that our dinner set has tiny spoons, like a true tiny spoon, and then a massive spoon. Yeah, 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 and I yeah, could yeah. really use one in between. Yes, a medium spoon. I actually, I don't need to just like be given only the small spoon. I just want something in the middle is what I need. Yeah. I don't actually need two types of, two sizes of fork. That is 
unnecessary. Why are we still doing that? Yeah. One fork, one knife, a small spoon and a medium spoon, call it a day. Yes. Exactly. That's That's the the show. This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us make this podcast happen, especially to our wonderful producer, Ali Slice. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. And if you have ideas for our show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com too. If you love the show, consider supporting it by signing up for a secret menu also at a thing or two HQ.com. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.